It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Oh, what a day it is to be alive. I am back from my long travels. I have so much to catch up upon. I got Sal Pan Antonio seated to my left. Let's see if I remember how to do this thing. Well, the one place to start on this day, which is franchise tag deadline day, is the National Football League and some huge stories that will, by the time this show is done, may very well have uh, become clear the direction they're going to take. Again, as I mentioned, Sal Palantonio, nice Jewish kid from Queens, as I used to call him (laughs) on the old show. But of course, now basically the mayor of Philadelphia. Good enough to stick around after get up today. Thank you, Sal. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's, It's a pleasure to have you here. And you were telling me right before we went off. Again, we are keeping close eyes on three deals in particular. There's an enormous amount of pressure, I think, on the Giants and the Raiders today, less so on the Cowboys. Let me give a quick explanation of what that means. Three running backs have received the franchise tag. One of them is Tony Pollard in Dallas. He signed his, which means if they don't get a long-term deal worked out by 4 o'clock Eastern time today, he plays on the tag. If the Raiders and Josh Jacobs don't get a deal done by 4 o'clock today, now we've got ourselves a problem. Do we have a holdout? What, where does it go? He remains completely unsigned. And the same is true of Saquon Barkley with the Giants. And you were telling me that our Giants reporter tweeted just moments ago. Yeah, Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants for ESPN.com, one of the NFL Nation reporters, reports very shortly ago, a couple of minutes ago, right before we were on Get Up, neither side seems overly optimistic at this point that a deal gets done today for Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants. Now, Diana Rossini has already reported that if a deal does not get done today and he has to, has to play on the franchise tag, he won't be, quote-unquote, available for the week one game against the Dallas Cowboys. What does that mean? That means... He's not in training camp. That means he won't be practicing with his teammates. That means he won't play in week one if he doesn't get a deal done. Yeah. And and the new way these things worked, for for those who don't follow this closely during the offseason, there are very few holdouts that last into the season anymore. But there are hold-ins, which is to say that Saquon Barkley, and I, for one, would not blame him for this at all, could wait through the summer sign the franchise tender at the very end of August or the beginning of September, come in during week one, not be ready to play yet, and not be willing as the season goes on to play through the inevitable shoulder bruise and you know injuries that guys play through routinely because the team basically said, we're using you up. The team, he had the, you pointed it out this morning on Get Up. He had 377 touches last year, fourth most of anyone in the NFL. He was their offense a year ago. And after the season was over, they gave a ton of money to their very mediocre quarterback. And here's Saquon begging for whatever is left over. I don't blame him one bit 
for being put off. And he's not happy. There's, it's clear by what he's saying he's not happy and by what he's putting out through whatever sources he's putting it out. So the Giants have to make him happy. He needs to be happy. The Giants need Saquon Barkley. Raise your hand, Michael, if you think the Giants without Saquon Barkley can win the division, can beat the Eagles. The, the Eagles were 3-0 and against the Giants last year. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott has beaten the Giants 10 straight times, okay? He was 40% of their offense. Now, you can make the argument, you and I could sit here, we're going to change the aperture of the Giants' offense from a running back-based offense to an offense that's based around wide receivers for Daniel Jones, okay? It's happening all around the National Football League. Who are those wide receivers? Isaiah Hodges? Darren Waller, who's been, you know, injured, coming in as a tight end? Is it, I mean, who is it? Take away 40% of the offense, give it to the wide receivers, to other players, and tell me you're going to beat the Cowboys and Eagles. I don't see it. No, I, I don't either. And so there's, there's the two parts of it. There's the purely pragmatic part, which is, well, they need him desperately, but running backs have now been valued at X and not more than X. So where do they wind up? And for Saquon, you look at it pragmatically and you say, I'm not going to hold out into the season because that's $550,000 a week that I'm walking away from. No. But I'm going to do it on my terms. I'm not going to do it all in for the team. Look, we all understood last year he was playing for his contract. He did it. He did everything you could ever possibly ask a player to do and more, and now he doesn't get rewarded for it. I understand it because of the economics of the game, but it doesn't sit well nonetheless. Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. The other big story in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins yesterday signing with the Tennessee Titans. What was your immediate reaction? Why didn't the New England Patriots get him? I mean, it leaves a big hole in New England. I mean, they needed him badly. Two, Derrick Henry's one happy guy, Mm -hmm. right? Because now teams can't load up the box on Derrick Henry. And now they got to double-team DeAndre Hopkins. Titans win the division if those three players stay healthy. It's a big if. DeAndre Hopkins, Derrick Henry. But I think they pole vault over Jackson. They realize, listen, we made a mistake last year. A.J. Brown traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, puts the Eagles and Jalen Hurts into the Super Bowl first year as a full-time starter. A.J. Brown was a mistake, leaving the Titans, getting traded away. Cost the GM his job. Yes. And by the way, to put a little bow on it, If I'm the GM of the New York Giants, I'm looking at what happened last year to A.J. Brown. Is that the hill I want to die on Mm. by not signing Saquon Barkley? Pull out a few extra million dollars. We're not talking about a quarterback deal of hundreds of millions of dollars that could bust your cap, bust your economics of your football team, Greeny, for for three, four, five years down the road. We're only talking about a few million bucks. Adam Schefter on GetUp laid it out perfectly. We're really only talking about a couple of million dollars. At some point, John Mara's got to go in around 3 o'clock. Hello, GM. Yeah. How are you? What are we doing on our running back? You know what? I just found a popcorn stand at MetLife Stadium 
during the year that makes us about $3 million. Here's the check. <laughs> yeah, Write right. the check. That, that's right. Shefty, the way he broke it down, and it was- It's not it was, that much money. It was good. Yeah. It, it, the, the, let's call it $11 million. The franchise tag is something close to that for the running backs. So give him $11 million guaranteed for this year, $11 million guaranteed for next year. Put another million or two on top of it. Guarantee him $24, $25 million. He comes out of it looking Doesn't break like the a bank. winner. Doesn't change it, the, the economics of your salary cap in any meaningful way way it feels like a good way because you don't just want to get a deal done with him you want to get a deal done with him that makes him feel good to your point that doesn't make it look like he just had to take what was there I I think that doesn't play well in your locker room it doesn't play well with your fans It, it makes a lot of sense to make a deal in which it doesn't look like he lost the negotiation. You and I grew up in New York. Yeah. George Steinbrenner wanted to own the back page. Mm-hmm. Right now, Aaron Rodgers owns the back page, and Aaron Rodgers will continue to own the back page in New York. You want to knock Aaron Rodgers off the back page, sign Saquon Barkley to an equitable deal that works out for both players, and now people are paying attention to the Giants. Again. You know, the, the Giants, Greeny and Sal Palantonio with us here on ESPN Radio. The Giants are an interesting case study because no one has ever said having a really surprising good season is a bad thing. Obviously, it's a good thing. We all thought the Giants were going to be bad last year. They turned out to be good. They made the playoffs. They won a bunch of games. Coach wins coach of the year. All of that is obviously wonderful. But it also changes the calculus a little bit sure. on, on your trajectory, Definitely. which is to say you're no longer looking for incremental improvement. For, for this team to get better, they've got to win playoff games. That, is a, that, that feels like a lot that you're asking, especially look, – and look, the same can be said of, of, of Daniel Jones – all of the math on him changes. Last year, we were all thrilled with what he was doing because it was unexpected. Oh, he's not throwing interceptions. Oh, he's running for first downs. Oh, he's playing well enough for the team to win around him with a running game and great defense. Great. Now, all of a sudden, he's your $40 million quarterback. So the calculus, the expectations for the team and the quarterback are vastly different this year. No question about it. You hit the nail on the head. And let's make a case for the Giants' winning the division with Saquon Barkley. Let's say that all the changes on the Eagles' defense and their two coordinators don't work out. It's not a seamless transition. And the Eagles struggle a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? right? And Dallas struggles a little bit. New offensive system with Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer. And Dak Prescott continues to turn the ball over. And Tony Pollard's not ready coming back from the injury. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, the Giants have an avenue to the division title. Of course. Look, things happen in that sport more than any other that we did not think possible before the season began. Happens all the time. The Cincinnati Bengals were in the Super Bowl two years ago. Yes. If I had told you that two years ago today, you would have said I was out of my mind. Yes. The Eagles no, maybe I weren't. I wouldn't say you're out of your mind. No, but you would have been right to say so. <laughs> and, and the Eagles, while we expected them to be good last year, no one expected Jalen Hurts to look like the MVP of the league and suddenly to be one of the best quarterbacks in the sport and for that team to be the best team in the, in the basically in the entire NFL from week one all the way through until they made it into the Super Bowl. So, like, crazy thing, far stranger things have happened than the Giants having a really good season. However, I also think it wouldn't be at all surprising if the Giants regress completely. 
that everything sort of reverts to the mean. They won all these one-score games last year. The defense was great. The quarterback didn't turn the ball over. It would not. It would surprise me less, actually, if the Giants took a big step backwards. Yeah, but I don't think so because the trajectory in Brian Dayball's career has always been up, mm. you know? And he, I think, has a really good handle on that team and coaches well within that division. You know, coaches, coaches against coaches. Yeah. But, and the bottom line is you create mismatches or you create favorable matchups. I'm a host of the matchup show. I use that all the time. Right. I'm sorry. I apologize. But it's true. Right. You create favorable matchups three ways. One, with superior talent. Two, formation variation. Three, speed on offense. Those are the three things. Dayball's got formation variation. He's very good at creating mismatches that way. They had the talent with Saquon Barkley. They brought the speed in with Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. They have now with Darren Waller, if he stays healthy, an opportunity to open things up in the middle of the field. It's a chess match. It opens things up with favorable matchups. You have to control between the hash marks. You send Jalen Hyatt down the field with nine route. Then all of a sudden you're tur- turning and handing the ball off to Saquon Barkley. Sa- no matter how you paint it, Without Saquon Barkley, that equation does not work. 100% right. 4 o'clock Eastern this afternoon. Big day in the NFL. A reminder, you can watch Hashtag Greeny on the ESPN app. Just click on Watch. Look for Hashtag Greeny and enjoy. Sal, we'll do it again tomorrow. Thank you so much for being in here today. It was a pleasure to see you again. And by the way, your book is great. Got oh, your number. Great beach you. read. Love it. I, I enjoy it. That, that, that's nice of you to say. Thank you very much. Great to have you in here. All right, I've got a lot of things to catch up on. Obviously, I've been on vacation for a long time, including the one thing everyone wants to hear me comment on. I will do that next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Vacations are very nice, and I enjoyed mine, but there's nothing in the world, there's no greater blessing you can have, really, than having a job you're excited to come back to. So it is nice to be back, and it is good to be back with my main man, Bubba. Hashtag Bubba, how are you? You've been on vacation as well, so it's your first day back in a while. What's been going on with you? Yeah, it was uh, first day first day back. I was up in Montreal for a uh, weekend. Then I was up in New Hampshire at a lake for a uh, week or so. So, yeah, I'm, I'm back ready you're to lake, go. You're a lake guy? Yeah, we're hanging out in a lake up near Lake Winnipesaukee. Did, uh, did, did about a week plus over there. So What do you on. do? Like I'm, I'm trying to, knowing you as I do, I'm just trying to envision what Bubba does by a lake for uh, a week. I bet you do. We did some things. But, but what things? Well, we swam. We would go down and swim by the lake, float. <laughs> we would float, get some floats out, and just uh, you know, float in the lake. Just float in the lake, and then uh, who is yeah. this we? Like, what, what, which people are you doing this with? These are my friends from uh, from home, from Connecticut. Is uh, various friends from Connecticut. What does home mean? I mean, you live in Connecticut. Well, I'm saying my my friends from childhood. Oh, I got you. You know, as opposed to my work friends or college friends or something like that. These Understood. are my 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 lifelong friends. Yeah. So you know, we'd we'd float during the day, and then we'd uh, you know <laughs> eat eat some food, and then we'd uh, you know build some fires and uh, listen to music, and uh, you know just hang out. It's nice. Um, yeah, it was a good time. I'd like to float with you sometime. I Flo- think, I think floating's we- fun. Floating's an underrated time. Let's take a float. Yeah. You and I will just have a nice float, a nice relaxing float. It's very relaxing. Yeah, you just, you just float. It does sound nice. I could use a little relaxing. My, mine was a lot more running around than that. We'll talk about it. This is Greeny. A quick reminder from Granger for all the ones who get it done. Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer call clickgranger.com or just stop by and there's one thing that happened while i was gone that i know a lot of people want me to comment on and, and that was everything that happened at my alma mater at northwestern and i'm going to do it uh, i've seen some people uh talking about the fact that i didn't say anything about it on twitter and i'll explain to you when we get there why i didn't do that um but I will, uh, so that's coming up. I just want, in case you're sitting there wondering, is he going to talk about it? I am. I will get to that in a few minutes. But first, let me get to the news of the day with the takes. All right, so back from vacation, here are a couple of takes on some things that are happening. We, we were just talking about Saquon Barkley, and here's the part of this that really kind of rubs me the wrong way. In fact, we can do this without the music, Bubs, if you want. I know normally we do, but I'm not going to do them in super fast because I, I want to give a, a, a sort of a significant take on each of these three. The first is on Saquon. You know, on the old show, I used to say, mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be running backs. The lot in life of the running back is just not fair. Now, I don't expect anyone listening to this show to feel sorry for a person who's going to make $11 million this year. I get it. That is That does not cast an incredibly sympathetic uh, tone when you consider that it is more money than 99.999% of the people in America will ever see in their lifetimes. That said, Saquon Barkley did everything right. 
He went into the final year of his contract. They didn't pick up the fifth-year option. He'd had the injury history. Here we go, Saquon. Show us what you are. Show us why we should value you before we give you a contract. And what did he do? Everything. He single-handedly put that team in the playoffs last year. They did it with defense. They did it with Daniel Jones not being terrible. Let's not kid ourselves. Daniel Jones wasn't great. He was merely above average. Candidly, he may have actually been much closer to average than above average. Saquon Barkley single-handedly put that team in the playoffs, won the coach, coach of the year, led the fans and the organization to a season beyond anything that had been forecast. And as a result, what did they do? They paid the quarterback a ton of money. Now, I get it. The lot in life of a quarterback and the lot in life of the running back are two totally different things. But boy, there's something about it that just doesn't sit right with me, Bubba. And I don't know if you feel this way too. But here, we're going we're gonna to give you the ball 377 times. That's how many touches Saquon had last year. It was the fourth most of any player in the NFL. And then one of the reasons we're going to give you for not giving you next the money in the offseason that follows is... Well, you've had so many touches, you know, that that at some point the running backs, they start to fall off the table because of all the hits and all the touches and all the contact and all the injuries. So we can't pay you because we just gave you the ball 377 times. It's a patently unfair situation. I don't know what the solution to it is because some people seem to think that you could just plug in almost any running back and it would be the same. In the case of Saquon Barkley and the Giants, I don't believe that to be the case. So I hope they figure out something for his sake. He seems like a great kid. I don't know Saquon Barkley at all. But everything I think I know about him, I like a lot. And I just don't like the way the system is set up for the running backs right now. How do you see it, Bubba? I mean, I agree with you. I mean, you you can't have it both ways. I mean, yeah, you can't just run them to the ground and then just be like, well, sorry, that's why we're not going to pay you. It's tough. But like you said, I don't... I just don't know what the solution is, and all we just keep hearing from all these people is running back position. It just basically, as they say, it sucks to be a running back right now, and I feel for these running backs. It's it's tough. It's you know from when you grew up or when I grew up, it's it's so it's so different, and I I don't know what the solution is because all they do is they use them up for a couple of years and they're gone, and, and it's tough. Running back was the glamour position in the NFL in my childhood. We're obviously as far from that as you can possibly be now, sure. and I get that part of it, and that's fine. But it's interesting with Saquon because if, if indeed this does precipitate the end of his career with the Giants, which I don't think it will, but, but at least to this moment, his career was kind of bookended by two complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Was he overvalued when they took him number two? Is he undervalued by not being willing to budge off the franchise tag? It's an interesting juxtaposition in the, in the comparatively short period of time that he's been in the NFL. So that's one of my takes. The next one is on DeAndre Hopkins. And I'll, maybe it's just because I have the AFC East on the brain at all times. But I would have bet you everything I had that he was going to wind up in New England. It just made all the sense in the world. So he goes to Tennessee. My new favorite statistic is that Tennessee, he now becomes the only player on the Tennessee roster with more receiving touchdowns than Mike Vrabel had. Let the record show Mike Vrabel is their head coach, and he played defense in the NFL. Vrabel caught 12 touchdowns in his career. No other player on the Titans 
had caught more than eight until they signed DeAndre Hopkins yesterday. So I'm not surprised they had to, to undo the enormous mistake they made a year ago in trading away A.J. Brown. So it does make sense to me for Tennessee. But again, maybe because I am so AFC East-centric, I was sure Bill was going to do it. And what this proves, the Patriots not going financially, I, I don't think there's any question that what happened here was Bill had a number in mind. This is what this guy is worth to us, to me, and if he gets more money than that, we're going to let him go. And that's exactly what happened. And it just shows you Bill is impervious to pressure because I feel like there is pressure on Belichick. I think there's pressure from the fan base for sure. I think there's pressure from the owner. I don't think Bill feels it, or at least he doesn't care. Bill is going to do what he's going to do. And I get it. You're set in your ways. You're almost 70 years old. It's worked to the tune of six championships and an absolute stone-cold lead pipe lock Hall of Fame resume. Maybe I wouldn't change either. But boy, I think they could have used him. In the arms race that is the AFC, even beyond the division, or even the AFC East, the Patriots are definitively the fourth most talented team in that division. And they have the biggest question at quarterback. Josh Allen is not a question. Aaron Rodgers is a little bit of a question. With Tua, there's an enormous question, but it's exclusively about his health. With Mac Jones, there are real questions. Is he the player he looked like he might become as a rookie? Or is he the player that he looked like last year when he looked lost? Now, I continue to blame that one on Bill, too. I think the, the coaching decisions they made there on the offensive side of the staff were bordering on inexcusable. And I think they set the quarterback back, which is the last thing on earth you want to do with a young quarterback. But I can't prove that. I don't know it. You got to give that kid a chance. Hiring Bill O'Brien gives him a chance. Signing DeAndre Hopkins would have given him an even bigger one. Yes. Yeah. How much do you think? I mean, I agree with what you're saying about Belichick, and I think you know Orlowski was mentioning how much of a mistake it is. But you know, people were mentioning the relationship between O'Brien and Hopkins. How much do you think that played into the fact that maybe that's why Hopkins didn't go there? And it better it, not have. I mean, it better not have from the Patriots side of it. Yeah. I mean, if that, I mean, that would have, if that was the reason that Hopkins didn't go there. That would, have been, that would have been tough. It would have been something. So, so t- for those who don't know what Bubba's talking about, Bill O'Brien was the coach in Houston during DeAndre Hopkins' heyday there. And he had huge years. And he had huge years with bad quarterbacks. By the time they got Deshaun Watson, he, he had enormous seasons, Hopkins did. But even prior to that, when they were playing with a collection of, of journeymen and other well below average NFL quarterbacks, DeAndre Hopkins put up superstar numbers every single year. And then Bill O'Brien became the general manager as well as the coach because that organization can't get out of its own way. The ownership has no idea what they're doing. And all of a sudden, Bill O'Brien trades away DeAndre Hopkins. And that was a stunning move. That was one of the most surprising things that's happened in the NFL in a while. And he goes to Arizona and helps them develop Kyler Murray to whatever degree he's been developed. And the bad feelings between Hopkins and Bill O'Brien, who has been known to be a guy who has a difficult time in relationships with people sometimes, that played a role in this. Now, so what Bob is asking me is, did that play a role in Hopkins deciding not to go to New England? Boy, I really hope not if you're the Patriots. If he just looked at it and said, I just don't want to deal with that guy anymore, well, that one I wouldn't blame on Bill. 
he had to go out and get Bill O'Brien. That was 100% the right move. And frankly, they needed that more than they needed this player. But they really could have used both, and they didn't get both. It's a good question, Bubs. I'm glad you brought it up. All right, so I want to make sure that I have plenty of time to talk about the Northwestern thing. So, so let me not do it here, and I will break, and I will come back. I'll break in a couple of minutes here, and then I'll come back, and I'll, I'll save myself plenty of time. So let me give you two other quick takes. One of them is on the Jets being on hard knocks. Now, as I jokingly said on Get Up a few times this morning, if Aaron Rodgers is against it, I'm against it. And I mean that. But the truth of it is, I love the fact that the Jets are on hard knocks, and I don't like how opposed to it they seem to be. I'm not sure quite what they're worried about. And if you listen to Get Up this morning, Shefty made it clear. The Jets are all in on not embracing this, up to and including the fact that they've told the NFL and, and NFL films they're not going to get the same level of access that we're accustomed to. One of the things Shefty pointed out is that they, they particularly don't like the idea of us seeing players when they're being cut, when they're being released, which we always get to see on Hard Knocks, and the Jets believe that is inhumane. At least that's the word that Shefty used. Okay, fine. I mean, the reality is the Jets embraced being on Hard Knocks once upon a time when Rex was their coach, and it worked. They were great, and they be, all became stars because of it. This, being on Hard Knocks is a magnificent opportunity for some of the young players on the Jets. This is an incredible opportunity for Garrett Wilson, who was by no means a household name. Brees Hall, who was by no means a household name. Quinnen Williams, who, thank God, just got his contract. And others, the Jets have a bunch of really good young players that hopefully the NFL fans are all going to know about when they have an enormous season. But this is the way you become a star. So I don't care our TV crew is putting up the teams on hard knocks records and all that. I don't care about any of that. I don't think being on hard knocks has a damn thing to do with how good your season winds up being. And I will merely say that if being on hard knocks creates any problems of consequence for this team, then they were going to have them anyway. When you sign it, when you were playing in New York and you go sign Aaron Rodgers and then load your roster up with all these other pieces, you are the most interesting team in the NFL and the Jets should embrace that. Because we are a team that for some, have somehow managed, despite playing in the biggest city in America, to be an afterthought forever. The Jets aren't a glamour team. The Jets aren't a team anyone outside of New York cares about. We have our own fan base, and that's it. This is a chance to change that. This is a great opportunity. It's outstanding that they are on hard knocks, and I want them to feel like it's outstanding. I want them to show off just how good they're going to be. Rex Ryan made himself a superstar by being on Hard Knocks. Robert Sala is a different kind of personality. Maybe this comes from him. I don't know. Maybe it comes from Joe Douglas. I don't know. It can't come from the owner. The owner loved it. The owner embraced being on Hard Knocks. Who can forget the owner walking on a treadmill alongside those guys? Woody Johnson likes the celebrity stuff. He was the ambassador to the United Kingdom for crying out loud. So I don't understand why they seem so unhappy about this. And I don't like that they're unhappy about it because I don't want it to be a problem. We have far too much at stake with this season coming up for the Jets. So I want them to like it as much as I like it. And Winston Churchill was the one who famously said, if you're going to be a success in the circus, you have to put your head in the lion's mouth. The Jets have already done that. Your head is in the lion's mouth by bringing in Aaron Rodgers. Let's make it work. 
All right, let me give you one more very quick take because there was just a stat that I saw yesterday that I loved in case you didn't see it. Carlos Alcaraz wins Wimbledon yesterday. Carlos Alcaraz was born in May of 2003. Two months later, Roger Federer won his first Wimbledon championship. From that time forward, the only people who've won Wimbledon were the so-called big four of tennis, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, and Andy Murray. What that means is that when Carlos Alcaraz won Wimbledon yesterday, he became the first player who was not a member of the Big Four to win that event since before he himself was born. Alcaraz is 20 years old. He was born two months before Federer began that streak. So the last time someone besides Alcaraz won Wimbledon, Alcaraz himself was not born. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. I was delighted to be back here and, and back with everybody. And, you know, the summer is long and we'll have some time in, some time off. We'll get things started up again as we get to the football season and all of that. But a, a lot of things obviously happened while I was away. And one of them, an enormous story that took place while I was away, of course, was the hazing scandal that took place with the Northwestern University football team that led to the firing in stunning fashion of their longtime coach and legendary former player, Pat Fitzgerald. And um, I watched all of this from mostly from a, a very distant afar. I was about as far away as you could possibly be while this stuff was happening. I, I was not only not working, but I was actually in Japan. So it was very hard to be completely on top of everything that was going on. And that was one of the reasons that I haven't commented on it till now. But another of the reasons is because some things go beyond social media. Call me old-fashioned, but I still believe that there is room for nuance in discussion. And nuance is not 
a Twitter thing. Um, I don't go on Twitter to try and make a nuanced point. And my feelings as a result of all the things that happened there are much too complicated to be summed up in a very short post. So for all the people who've been asking me, Greeny, why are you not commenting on the Northwestern thing? I wanted to save it for this. Another reason I wanted to save it for this is because I wanted to take the time to get back here and try and talk to however many people I could about it and make sure I fully understand all the things that have happened. And I still don't think I understand all the things that have happened, but I at least have some better grasp on it than I did. And it's a complicated situation. I saw Michael Wilbon <clears throat> talking about this in a, in a column, or it, it, someone else's column, was asking him about what might be perceived as a conflict of interest. And Michael is a, a, a trustee of the university. I myself am not. Um, and how complicated it is to sort of um, walk the line of being journalistically objective when it comes to some things and being as intimately connected to them as Michael is, as Christine Brennan is, who is also a trustee, and as I am, even though I am not a trustee. Anyone who knows me knows very well how important Northwestern is to me. The two most important associations of my life outside of my family are ESPN and Northwestern University, and that will never change. That will never change, regardless of these circumstances, as horrendous as they were. Some people were asking, will I still have the football uniform on the, on the wall at Get Up uh, with my name on it, which they gave me years and years ago? And the answer is absolutely yes. That said... Um, the word that I would use to describe my reaction to everything that happened is devastated. I have been devastated by what has happened. I've been devastated first and foremost for the players who were affected by this directly and indirectly. I can't help but think of the players. You say, well, why didn't more of them come forward? I can't help but think of the players who were traumatized by the things that were going on but did not have it in them to speak up, who did not have it for whatever reason inside themselves to be able to say something about it. I don't want to say that takes a lack of courage. That's not what I mean. But it's very easy to go along with something, no matter how wrong you may believe it is, no matter how much it may bother you, if you feel like you have no other choice. And no one who's playing football in college should ever be made to feel that way. So first and foremost, I feel devastated for the kids who were affected by this. I feel devastated for the players who were there now, who find themselves in an impossible situation. I have no idea how they're going to handle this. So many of the things that the university have done feel so logically inconsistent to me that I can't explain them. And I'm waiting to hear them explained. As far as Pat Fitzgerald, he's someone I've known since he was a player. I've known him for 30 years. And I believe him to be an outstanding person. And that has not changed. I will never not feel that Pat Fitzgerald is a good man and that he believed and practiced everything he preached. But good people make huge mistakes. Good people do things that aren't good sometimes whether they have blind spots or whatever it is. I can't explain it, but I also can't condone it. 
I cannot sit here and say the things that went on that obviously went on within the confines of our football program were acceptable. And whatever you knew or didn't know, the buck stops with you. So I cannot, I do not defend or excuse the actions, no matter how much I remain a fan personally of the man himself. And then finally, as far as the reaction to it all of the university, I have been dumbfounded, dumbstruck, and very disappointed by the way it has been handled. And I am going to have to see some things change before it's all going to be okay with me. I will bleed purple for the rest of my life. And that does not change. It's my alma mater. It is my wife's. It is now my daughter's. She graduated a month ago. My son remains a student there. My support will never waver. But that's for the institution. It's not necessarily for the individual's who are there temporarily, as we all are. So, I will not get into the details because they're not sports-related anyway. But suffice it to say that I am beyond disappointed, beyond disappointed in the way the entire matter has been handled by the people who are the most important, by the people who, of whom the most should be expected at the worst possible times. So those are my feelings. And again, to sum it all up, if I were to give you one word to sum up all the ways that I feel about the things that have happened at this place that I love so much, that word is devastated. So I'll leave it at that. Back in just a moment on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.